Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Listeners, if you remember, in April, I covered the case of Thomas Stephen Blake, who went missing from Big Spring, Texas, in early August of 1987. Tom was a truck driver, and after he went missing, his big rig was found idling with a whole load of onions in a rest area several miles from Big Spring, where Tom was last seen. Inside the truck, police found his cigarettes, ID, and other personal items. He was believed to have been with a woman at the time who went by the name Jennifer. It's not clear if Tom fled on his own accord or if foul play was involved. In April, I spoke with Tom's sister Linda about his disappearance. In this follow-up episode, I talked to Linda's husband Jim, a former police officer. Jim and I discussed Tom's disappearance and the theory that he might have been involved in running drugs or contraband. Here's my conversation with Jim. So why don't we start, uh, I want to know more about you because Linda was saying you're a former police officer, now now retired? Yes. Can you tell me a little bit about, uh, um, you know, where you worked and what you did and that sort of thing? Okay. Um, just after high school, I went in the Army for eight years and came back here. I joined the local police department. The, back then it was the Alamogordo Department of Public Safety. I went to the police academy in Santa Fe. Um I joined the force October of 87 and I went to the academy uh, March, February, February of 88. Graduated, came back, um, was patrol officer for seven years and then became a sergeant. And when I was sergeant, I was transferred to the detective division for a couple of years. And then I came back on the street and continued to progress in the department and when i retired i was the captain in charge of patrol and fire operations and i retired in october of 07 
Wow, good for you. That's quite the illustrious career. Um, how many years total were you in law enforcement for? Uh, it was um, a total of 23. I retired at 20, and then I ran a uh, misdemeanor probation unit for three years after I retired and was tired of dealing with the same old people all the time. So I officially retired from law enforcement then. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, are you from the area? Like, where did you grow up? Well, I was an Air Force brat. Um, I was born in Florida, but we moved um, all over the country. Um, we moved here to Alamogordo when I was 11 years old. And so I was raised here in, in the local area. Um, went to the, graduated from the Alamogordo High School. And uh, like I said, went in the Army and then came back. And... Um that's kind of like I'm not I'm from from Canada up north there and I, I've been down I think the only place in Texas I've been is Amarillo and I've been to Albuquerque uh, is where you're talking about like kind of on the border of New Mexico Texas but in the New Mexico side right that's where you and Linda live yeah yeah we're about um, 80 miles north of El Paso which is right on the border oh wow okay so you're still pretty close though um, yeah yeah we go I like I was down there yesterday I had to go uh, pick up my daughter-in-law at the airport in El Paso and we go down there quite, quite often. And that was actually my last duty station in the army was at Fort Bliss there in El Paso. Right. And when you were, um, when you were a police officer, was it primarily in the district you're in now that you retired in? Yes. Yes. Okay. Alamogordo. Um, What's that area like now? Like I, uh, it was funny. I was just watching a movie the other night uh, and it obviously it's a movie, but uh, it was kind of look, it was, you know, about the, uh, what's going on in Juarez and El Paso with the cartels and whatnot. Is it still like, obviously we get ripples of the news up here when it's really bad, but is it still pretty right. violent down there right now? Or is it subsided a little bit? Uh, do you hear a lot about it in the news? What's the general vibe? Um, we used to hear it about it in the news all the time. You know, when they were had when, when they were having over 300 murders a year down in Juarez and stuff because of the cartel. It's, um, I think that it's, not much better, but the news doesn't report on it as much as they used to. Um, we were we were part of a federal program here called um, HIDA back when I was a cop, and I think we believe we still are for, because it's called a uh, high-intensity drug trafficking area. And what that is is just they come through this area to distribute their drugs to the rest of the country. So they'll come through here and go to to Chicago or they'll come up um, to New Mexico and head out to Los Angeles or, or wherever. But uh, we used to get special money to run operations and stuff to do interdiction oh, back in the 90s and 2000s. And that means... So sorry, go ahead. Uh, well, I was going to say, uh, we still see things periodically about um, uh, immigration, illegal immigration and stuff down on the border. A lot of towns that are, you know, within 20 miles of the border have big issues dealing with it, with the numbers of people coming through. And it's, that has been in the news a lot lately. The overwhelming numbers of um, undocumented people coming into the country. Yeah, I can. Uh, yeah, I can imagine. Uh, before we get into Tom's case, um, there's a couple things. I, I, I mean, this is obvious, I think, but maybe, maybe not. But it seems like the main... 
Uh, maybe maybe so much not not so much now, but definitely in the seventies, eighties, and the nineties, that the main conduit to getting drugs in the United States was from Juarez through El Paso. Is that still kind of the case, as far as you know, and based on your experience in law enforcement? Yes, sir. That's as um, I understand, it's still going on. Yeah, I, I just even if you Google it on the news, there's tons of articles about smugglers getting caught. Um, Linda mentioned that when you were, and this is kind of where we can get into Tom a little bit, was that when you were, you know, an officer and, and taking some training, um, they gave you some sort of course where they talked about how smugglers would use big rigs filled with, you know, uh, vegetables or produce or whatever to smuggle drugs in. Um, do you recall that? And like, what was the what was the training like, or or what was the the information like that you got about that? Well, um, like I said, at the time we were um, designated as a high intensity drug trafficking area. So when I was a detective, they sent us to a drug interdiction school. Um, the feds were running a project back then called um, Project Pipeline, and it was to deal with all the drugs coming across the border. Well, um, part of the class, it was all classroom stuff. Um, was about how they're using uh, or using semi trucks and trailers to um, get big loads into the country, and some of the like the compartments they would use, the things they would use to tow the dogs off, um, indicators that you might look at um, that might show that a person is smuggling at the time, and then um, they showed us you know actual um, pictures and videos and stuff of. Uh, vehicles that they had seized and drivers they had caught. And I believe that was a one-week course, like I said, we went to, and they showed us all kinds of different things. I'm sure you're hearing about it from colleagues, too, at the time. Uh, Sorry, this is, um, I was just fiddling with some settings when you were telling me about the dates of when you were um, uh, in law enforcement. What what, uh, year would this have been? Was this uh, the early 2000s, late 90s? Yeah, let's see, uh, seven. it would have been in 92 or 93 when I went to that school. Oh, wow, so that's really only four or five years after Tom goes missing, too. Right, right. Wow. Um, when did you... And, sorry, go ahead. Go, no, you go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, I, I didn't want to... Uh, I didn't realize it was that close in time, and, and so that's actually, like, really applicable. Um it's still something that they do to this day. Like I said, I was on uh, Google news the other night there after I talked to Linda and, um, you know, they're still getting caught all the time at the border with, uh, big rigs full of, full of drugs. Um, when did you, I mean, I know you and Linda have been together for a while. When did you first hear about Tom's disappearance? I mean, obviously it was probably from her, but you know, what did you think? Like, did, did you immediately kind of piece together a, a theory based on what you had learned in law enforcement and the geographical location you're in, or did it take some time to get there? Like, what was your initial thoughts? Well, I, I had just be, um, just been hired by the, the department, uh, um, but hadn't started working with them when uh, Tom came up missing. Um, I took care of the kids when Linda, her dad, and her brother went down to Big Springs after it had been reported to, you know, that he was, they found his truck and was missing. And, and when she got back, she told me about the, the truck was running and the door was open. And that uh, there were like his cigarettes and stuff. The guy was a uh, heavy smoker, and he would not have left a truck to either go out and go to the bathroom without taking a pack of cigarettes with him. So I was real suspicious about that. And 
me and Tom never really got got along very well. Um, I always thought that he was um, a little bit shady. I don't know if you know what I mean. I'm uh, not up and up all the time. And uh, I, I, after she come back and I was thinking, and then, then like I said, this was just at the very beginning of my law enforcement career. I, I was thinking that he thought he was smarter than whoever he was working for, cartel or other smugglers or whatever. And at the time, that was my bet was that he had tried to screw them over by either stealing the money or the drugs, and that's how come he had come up missing that they had that they had taken him. Um, but we've had, uh, but Linda came back said they had talked to a clerk in a store and said that they had seen him and the woman that he was supposed to uh, supposedly had been with. So it kind of made me put a, well, maybe not, maybe something else happened, but I couldn't figure. Then I figured, well, the guy owed money all over, and I, I think he was in trouble for um, back taxes. And I thought, well, okay, if it, if he wasn't killed by the cartel trying to outsmart them, um, he's trying to uh, get off the grid, change his identity so he could get away from some of his bills and taxes and stuff. <clears throat> but then... Like I said, uh, I think it was 93 or 94, I went to that drug interdiction school, and I can't remember them all, and I apologize for that. But there were 21 indicators, and I do remember the only indicator that he did not have. They said a lot of smugglers who were smuggling drugs would wear expensive jewelry like Rolexes and gold rings and things like that in case they had to go on the run. They could pawn them and get money and stuff for them, sell them. And that's the only thing. He didn't wear a lot of jewelry, but every other of the 20, he had, all of them were at hit, um, but he had been doing. So I was like, well, I'm back that he tried to, to screw over the cartels. And, and that's what I believe today is that um, he thought he was smarter than them, tried to rip them off, and uh, they killed him for it. Do you, do you think then the truck, like the way he went missing and the way the truck was found and the woman that he was supposedly missing uh, with and then, you know, the subsequent sightings, like, was he trying to go into hiding to get away from the cartel? Or, I mean, like, how, how do you think the, have you, have you ever thought about how that played out and why he would have maybe left the truck running? Or maybe he, he wasn't the one who left the truck running. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I imagined, and what I thought was they just came up and, uh, and snatched him out of the truck, and they didn't care whether it was running or not. The subsequent um, sightings and stuff, I'm just going to be uh, honest with you, is I believe people are either bullshitting or they're mistaken. Uh, Lindell, um he just now told Linda the other day that Tom had tried to rip off the, the cartel, but I, I don't, I don't trust him either. He's, um, I didn't like him at all when I, when I would see him and meet him and Tom when they were here in town, but that's my personal, that's the feeling that I had. So I, I either think he's bullshitting for some reason or he just out, out not lying, but I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't trust anything that he had to say. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, I was just going to ask you about him. I actually haven't reached out yet. Um, Linda gave me his Facebook page, but I wanted to actually pick your brain about him because I, I also... I don't know the way just Linda described him and how he kind of changed his stories a few times. I was like, he doesn't sound super reliable. So you, do you know, like how were Lindell and Tom really good friends? Like what was their relationship like? And how did you, how did you know Lindell just through Tom? I'm assuming. Just, just through Tom. Um, and like I said, I wasn't a fan of Tom's at all, all either. He'd do shit like uh, when I wasn't around, he wouldn't do it around me, but when I went around, he'd come up to Linda and, and try to borrow money and, and things like that. Because he, we didn't, me and Tom did not see eye to eye. We, we, I don't think he liked me, and I didn't like him. But that's how I knew uh, Linda. We'd run into him like up at Linda's parents' house, or at a barbecue and stuff. And I, I just didn't care for him. Were uh, did you get the vibe that him and Tom were like good friends or just casual acquaintances? Like, was there no? A, no? They they were good friends. They um, from what Linda's told me and what I saw. They hung around um, a lot together, so I would say. And I think they knew each other for quite some time. I, I think they were both went to school together or something. But um, Tyler, I'm not I'm not 100% sure on that. But I do think that they were good friends and they'd known each other for a while. Yeah, no, that's okay. I'm just trying to uh, gather as much information before I reach out to him. Because like I said, if I do talk to him, I, I want to be weary of what he says and you know know where he's coming from. Um, I think that's the guy that's named Dale something or other on Facebook, right? That's the same guy I'm thinking of that Linda would have sent me. I, yeah, the... I think so. Okay. Now Linda believes him. Now she uh, she talked to him and we talked about it uh, quite a bit the other night, and and she believes that that he had lied to keep the family from looking down on Tom for getting involved with drugs and stuff. I, I don't know. I just, like I said, the story changes. And you might have a whole, a whole different opinion when you talk to him. I haven't talked to the guy in 30 years, you know. So I don't know. Um, so you might, you. I don't want to bias you um, when you talk to him because he might, you know, there's always that chance he might be telling the truth. Yeah, no, but absolutely. I have always got the feeling that he don't, he doesn't. Well, no, and that's that's good. Like, I really, um, you know, respect your opinion, too. I mean, having been in law enforcement for so long, you probably have a pretty good bullshit detector. Uh, so that's, and, you know, me being a journalist, I think I've got a pretty decent one, too. I can usually tell when people aren't telling me the truth or are trying to hide something. So uh, I'm going to I'm going to see if he'll talk to me and then we'll just go from there. Um, I was saying yeah. to, I was saying to Linda, like, I, you know, between her mom's 
journals that she's left, which are incredible, like the amount of detail. Um, yeah, they're unbelievable, man. Yeah. What did you What did you make of this Jennifer person, this woman that Tom was um, apparently with? Did you ever meet her? Like, what What did you think? And then the description that her mom left behind and her apparently going missing with Tom, like that seems very odd to me, too. Well, uh, yeah, all I, I never met her. Um, matter of fact, the, when he, um, I was busy working when him and Jennifer came into town. I know Linda met them up at her mom and dad's house. So um, everything I got about uh, uh, Jennifer was through Linda. Um, I, I never met her, but I did like, we did try to locate her and stuff. Um, I tried to help Linda locate her when this first happened and um, was unable to run it down. We ran something down where she, and I, I, I know Linda told you, but it was something where she was the daughter of some uh, veterinarian, uh, famous veterinarian or something, but I, I can't really tell you anything about uh, Jennifer Downs other than um, very little, but I, I never met her. Yeah. And it's weird that the, um, none of the newspaper clippings from the time, there's not very many, but the ones that I found, they don't mention, uh, I think maybe one of them mentions a woman, but, um, a few of them don't. And so it's very peculiar. Um, it's something I'm going to try and look and do as well. It might be pretty tough. I think it's been so long, but you'd think if that she went missing with Tom, someone somewhere would have reported, um, exactly. her missing, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You'd think that they would have reported it and that the local police or sheriffs would have been at least open a, uh, a missing persons uh, file or something down there in uh, Big Springs. But like I said, I'd never seen anything about it. Um, I go back to Linda when she went down there looking for him. There was a woman in a convenience store who said that uh, she had seen Tom with a woman that matched the description of that uh, Jennifer. That's bizarre. Um, are you, I guess Linda was telling me, I talked to her I guess, over a week ago now, but uh, that she was just about to get in touch with uh, who the current law enforcement agency that has her brother's case. Have, are you Are you aware of that? Have you and Linda been able to get in touch with someone? I'm, I'm assuming Tom's case still has yeah, to be she, open. She got a hold of a sergeant um, that was very helpful in uh, Big Springs. And uh, he had said that the case had been turned over to um, the FBI and Linda had told him about the journals and, and things. And, and he had told Linda that the agent would be very interested in what we had or what she had and that he'd be contacting her. But we had, I, as far as this morning, Linda hadn't been contacted by anybody from the FBI or anything. Is that strange that they would have turned the case over to the FBI? Yeah, I, uh, you know, I try to look at it from how we did things in our department and stuff. And um, I do not know why it would be turned over to a federal um, uh, agency unless the feds came in and requested it. Otherwise, it should be the local jurisdictions. Um, oh, no, I'm sorry, not FBI, Texas Rangers. Um, that's who they turned it over to, excuse me. And is that is that pretty standard um, protocol? Like I I don't know just because I, I I don't know the U.S. Uh, uh, justice system or law enforcement system that well. Well, well the Texas Rangers are they're different. We don't have anything like that in New Mexico, but they're kind of like the state police. And again, 
Um, I do not know why you would turn it over to another uh, organiz- law enforcement organization. Uh, we still have a case, some cases here um, of missing persons uh, that we believe were homicides and stuff back in the 80s um, that we um, still looked at once a year. We never turned them over to uh, another department. So, uh, yeah, I think that's a little bit um, different or strange to me. It was. I was. I was. Uh, like why? Why would you do that? I, I have no idea. Unless the Rangers or somebody came across something and they were tying it together with multiple uh, incidents is the only way. Only reason why I think you'd involve a higher agency into, into something like this. And, but that again is a guess. I don't know how they work down there. No, totally. And I, it's it's so funny though that this is adding to my theory that I'm building is that I. I've, I've got a lot going on right now and I'm going away for a week at the beginning of April. But when I get back, I want to start looking into other disappearances in that same area. And I've already found a couple that are pretty very similar to how Tom went missing and are kind of the same demographic. Um, and so I, that's kind of what I was thinking. I'm like, I wonder if this is part of a pattern of, you know, people who you were smuggling or working with smugglers or the cartels or something. And, um, you know, it's a time when technology, there's not a lot of tech, technology in terms of people being able to report on this stuff and, and, you know, piece the dots together as easily as we can now. So I was thinking right, it might right. be worth some time to kind of look and see if there are some patterns. And yeah, that little bit about the Rangers is interesting. I'll, I'll message Linda later and ask her to keep me updated on that because I'll be curious to see what they say when they reach out to her if they do. Um, yeah. And I, I got something else, and I don't remember which department it was. I don't remember who the primary was down there, either the sheriff or the city police in Big Springs. But um, I was asking Linda a few years ago, um, eight, ten years ago, about Tom's personal effects and if she had ever gotten anything, if anybody in the family had ever received what was left in the truck. You know, and I don't know if they were, I'm sure they're, you know, truckers, that's like their apartment. So I, I assume there would be like some pictures and, and maybe some letters and, you know, crap like that. And um, she had contacted that department. And now this is strange to me because open cases, you don't do this. They said that the property had been destroyed. They had moved from one location to another and the property had been destroyed. And when we had a missing person or an unsolved homicide and stuff, those things were archived and we reviewed them every year. So I was kind of pissed when she told me that. Um, um, so I don't know. And, and you might bring that up to her and ask her because that just popped in my mind. I had forgotten that. You know what? I think she did mention it to me and it was a uh, detail that slipped through my, the cracks on my end. Because that, to me, I think Linda Lunch mentioned another theory that's been floated is that he's in WITSEC because of, you know, whatever nefarious activity he might have been involved in. And it seems to me like if you're going to destroy someone's property or say it's destroyed, that would be a good reason to do that, right? Right. Yeah, I didn't think it. And that's, uh, yeah, that would be a good good reason because I couldn't think of anything else. Because here, if we had to destroy property on a case... Um, we had to go to the district attorney and they had to get paperwork and whatever to cut over to destroy the, um, property, but we would never have done it on a missing person or an unsolved homicide. You know, other things have, um, uh, statute of limitations and stuff. So 
until after the statute of limitations run out, you're allowed to destroy it. But something for, uh, like I said, a missing person or a homicide, you keep. You uh, And then, hell, a lot of crimes have been solved because back then, when I first started, there wasn't DNA. And they've solved a lot by because people collected blood or whatever. And 20 years later, they were able to get a DNA match. So that's that's why you didn't destroy that stuff. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. Um, that's really weird about the... Not, yeah, because I remember Linda did mention that, and we did talk about that. Yeah, I'm going to keep picking at it along the way because there's lots to pick at. It's just going to be a matter of uh, what falls out, I think, because uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of oddness around this, and I get a weird feeling uh, when I start looking into it. I don't know about you, but my my skin crawls a little bit, um, and so that's why yeah. I think he didn't. I don't know if he left on his own. Yeah, but yeah, there, I have. Uh, I could go either way, and it would be nice for me to know, but I know it would really be nice. Um, Linda thinks about him quite a bit. I don't want to say every day, but it's, uh, um, several times a month. I know Tom pops up in her mind, and, and she wonders, you know, what happened. Um, I do would like to tell you that every year that I was an officer that I worked with the department, I checked through the National Crime Information Center to see if anything came up and never found never got anything on on him so what do you mean um, like what what would what would have come up like a, a death notification well, if he or? would have been arrested somewhere if there would have been a warrant out for him um if uh, a missing person came up looking like him um things like that so um like i said i checked it uh at the beginning i checked it more often this year i made sure to go back again once um, to see that if anything had turned up on him and nothing ever turned up on a uh, Tom, uh, Thomas S. Blake, um, and social security, anybody with the, um, similar names, you know, I'd look for things like that, but never, never saw anything. So, wow. Uh, that was another thing that either told me he was dead or, um, Linda's theory about maybe witness protection. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, but people do every day. They change their identity, and it's not that difficult to do. You know, get another social security number and uh, get a, a birth certificate or something of somebody who's passed and um, assume their identity and things. So um, he could have done that. If he was trying to avoid debts and stuff like that, that's what he did. Um, so there's three, I think, viable uh, um scenarios that he might have done either he was killed um witness protection or he just decided that he didn't want to be tom blake anymore to avoid what he owed if you know anything about tom blake's disappearance please reach out to me or linda bird If you enjoyed this episode and want to show appreciation, you can buy me a coffee at the link in the description. If you want to support the podcast on a monthly basis, you can head to the Patreon. For $5 a month, you get ad and sponsor-free episodes, exclusive content, and early access to all new episodes of the podcast. For those of you who bought me a coffee or subscribed to Patreon in the last few weeks, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Missing and Unexplained podcast.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.